Welcome to Before They Change the World, where we explore the minds, ideas, and dreams of exceptional students working on inspiring projects before they change the world. This episode is hosted by me, David, and I speak with Noah, a Swiss entrepreneur and co-founder of Quark, the largest service marketplace in Switzerland, which he founded straight after graduating high school. We speak about his early life as an entrepreneur, the founding of Quark, and his latest venture, Rocket Launch. Noah is part of the Forbes 30 under 30 list and has achieved a lot in a short amount of time, in part due to his work ethic, pragmatism, and the team he surrounded himself with. We discuss his approach to building successful businesses, the challenges he's faced, his outlook for the future, and his advice for young entrepreneurs. Noah's story is an inspiring one, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. All right, see you on the other side. Just to start out, maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself, how you got started with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I probably had my start with entrepreneurship already when I was a little child, when I was like mm -hmm. eight, ten years old. I was used to sell stuff in the neighborhood. I used to sell stuff to kids in school, and uh, I always had like an entrepreneurial drive. Mm -hmm. And then when I was a teenager, around like 14, 15, I started my first startup called Customize. It was like a vegan home delivery company okay. where we actually delivered vegan home. We cooked it and we delivered it in our neighborhood and that worked pretty well. But together with high school, it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to learn, yeah. we had tests, so it just didn't work out in the end. Mm -hmm. But it was like a first experience mm -hmm. to, to be an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty interesting. And But it was also kind of crazy because we had to cook everything ourselves. We had to <laughs> deliver it on like mopeds and... Uh, kind of chaotic but it was a fun experience and, and you were doing this with friends yeah all friends we were like okay. 10 people yeah it was like super chaotic. why why vegan cooking because <laughs> we know it was like it's it's a trend a couple of of us were actually vegetarians mm -hmm. not vegan but vegetarians mm -hmm. and we like saw this trend coming up okay uh what can we do can we cook something okay we have some experience in in, in cooking vegan food one of us has yeah. uh and we actually called it custom ice because our speciality was uh, vegan ice cream. Oh, nice. So that's how we actually started out. And then we delivered it on mopeds, but we did it during the summer. So the ice cream used to melt in our bags. <laughs> and then we had to like buy uh, bags that actually could keep the cold and, yeah. and the heat. And yeah, it was really, really chaotic. But it was a great first experience, like, yeah. you know, getting user feedback from customers, mostly our parents and friends, of course, who <laughs> ordered the food. Yeah. But it was pretty fun. And a funny story is that actually we... We rented the, the kitchen of our school uh -huh. uh, in, in our neighborhood and we absolutely ruined it because we used to fry like chips and stuff yeah. and we used to walk around with the fryer and drip all the, fr the, the frying oil on, on the floor and we ruined the floor and ruined the whole kitchen. It was crazy, okay. but it was, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, how long did you do this for? Uh, we, I think we did it for around a year. Okay. A year, yeah. And we always used to do it from, I think, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, so we had when we had yeah. time off, of course, okay. we used to do it. And then it just got too much yeah. in the end. We were like 10 people doing it. Yeah. But it was running pretty well. We used we made a couple of thousand Swiss francs per month okay. to, you know, we could maintain the kitchen, yeah. pay the rent yeah, yeah. and pay for, for the food that we delivered. So yeah. it, was, it was a cool experience. Super nice. So is that, was that like for you, <coughs> that, that experience, was it really important for you then to like, go on an entrepreneurial journey uh, Yeah, I think... After? I think the most important part about that journey was just like teamwork. And I really enjoyed that because I love working in teams and, you know, 
building a team and building a real team spirit. And I think that was something that I learned through like watching YouTube videos about startups that that's probably the most important part when building a startup is building actually a team that really works together. And um, I think that was the, like, the tipping point for me from yeah. noticing, okay, I want to do that in the future. I think yeah. that's my goal to build a successful startup and a successful team. Right. And um, were you back then also working with the people that you're working with now? Yeah, I actually was. <laughs> uh, out of those 10 people yeah. uh, were Lars and Daniel, who are my mm -hmm. co-founders of Cork and Rocket Launch. Yeah. And we actually got to know each other already way before. So we went to the same high school for mm -hmm. six years. And Lars, I know, I think since like 15 years already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've, we've known each other for a long time. Okay. And what made you guys click together at first? <laughs> it's actually that we all have similar stories. Like I used to sell stuff in my neighborhood or to my friends mm -hmm. when I was uh, like 10 years old. Lost did something similar. He grew up in the same neighborhood. And Daniel started his own fashion brand when he was like 12 or 13. So we all had this entrepreneurial mm -hmm. drive. And I think that also like glued us together and, and created this, this team. And we always wanted to build something. Um, you know, like product-centric, build something that really makes some a difference in, in society. And that's how we came together. Awesome. So there was a, a tipping point, I guess, in, in, in the lives of, of uh, the three of you, which was, I guess, the end of high school, right? And I yeah. think the standard path that many people take is they either get a job or they go to university. Mm -hmm. um, but you did something completely different. Yeah. And I, I'm really interested to learn, like, what was going through your mind at that point in your life? Yeah, so we had the idea of Cork, right? A marketplace where you can book or offer local services in mm -hmm. Switzerland. We came up with that idea because we always noticed like really, really difficult to earn money as a student here in Switzerland because there just wasn't any like job posting sites or whatever online where you could just really easily earn money with, with simple tasks. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when we noticed, okay, this is actually a market we could build something and we started out with like WhatsApp group chats. Mm -hmm. uh, that was during high school with WhatsApp group chats where we would put all our friends in those group chats and then we would find customers who would post into those group chats what they need. And then we would actually play the mediators and mediate between students and customers. And that worked out really well. And that's when we noticed, okay, we have kind of like a product market, not, not, not really a product market fit, but we like, yeah. we validated the idea yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. And uh, that gave us also the confidence to actually build on something in the future. And in Switzerland, it's like normal. If you do high school, you have like, you can take a gap year and then after you can go to university. Mm -hmm. So what we said is, okay, let's take a gap year. Let's see what happens. Let's try and build Cork. And if it works out, then we're going to focus on Cork. If it doesn't work out, we can go and study. Yeah. Uh, so we, we're kind of hedging our, our, okay. uh, our outcome in the end. But yeah. Then we, we noticed that there was traction. People were using our WhatsApp group chat. And the first thing we did is, okay, let's try and build an application, mm -hmm. right, an app or a website. And, of course, we had no idea how that works because we came straight out of high school. We had no programming experience okay. or experience of building products. We had no idea. So the, our first instinct was like, okay, let's hire a developer mm -hmm. and let's build a fully-fledged app, mm -hmm. which is absolutely perfect. We're going to launch it and we're going to become the next Airbnb of local services. And it sounds kind of delusional. <laughs> and it also was delusional, believe me. But I think, that was, I think that's also kind of normal for entrepreneurs yeah. to be a little bit delusional in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We found a developer. Uh, he promised us that he can actually create this wonderful application mm -hmm. that is like the next Airbnb. Mm -hmm. But after a couple of months, we actually realized that this guy is scamming us and that he actually never 
wrote one single line of code. He just stole all our money and we couldn't get the money back wow. because hiring a lawyer here in Switzerland costs way more money than actually building an application. Yeah. So we were basically left with nothing. That was in the gap year. Like six months into the gap year, we had nothing. We didn't have an app. Uh, we only had the WhatsApp group chats. They were still working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the team <clears throat> and the drive of actually building something special. How much did you lose, actually? How much did you invest into this camera? I mean, it, it wasn't like crazy amounts with a couple of thousand Swiss okay. francs. But for us, yes, it was a lot because, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, that was all our savings yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we had to figure out a way on how to build this first MVP ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We then combined our website with Typeform and WhatsApp and mm-hmm. like glued everything together to create this first MVP to really validate our idea. Mm-hmm. And then once we did that and we really could generate revenue for, for people uh, outsourcing or uh, no, selling their services. Ex- exactly, selling their services on the platform. Mm-hmm. We could generate enough money for them. We noticed that, okay, there's a real market for this. And then we found a developer who was actually reliable, who could build our application. Okay. And now, you know, most people always ask us the question, how the hell did you finance those developers? Mm-hmm. But it, it isn't cheap, even if they're developers in India or yeah. Pakistan, yeah. which we had. Um, and what we actually did is during the day we worked on Cork, uh-huh. on developing the platform, and at night we worked as uh, pizza delivery drivers. So every single cent we earned as pizza delivery drivers, we reinvested in Cork and paid our developers. And we even uh, flew to Pakistan, to Islamabad, to work with them for like one and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Um, but then we just noticed that it, it doesn't work, you know, having uh, developers really far away, yeah. you know, there's n- there's no real connection. I and mean, we really wanted to build this team. Mm-hmm. And like I said in the beginning, for us, the most important part of a startup is really building a team mm-hmm. that, that holds together. Yeah. And it was really difficult for us to build one outside of Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So then we realized, okay, now we have, to, uh, we have to somehow figure out a way to build this product ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't have any uh, development experience, we found out that there's actually something called no code where you can actually build applications without having uh, development experience. And that's what we did. So we built the first like, really fully-fledged version of, of Cork ourselves using no-code. Mm-hmm. And like that, we could actually build Cork to become one of the biggest service marketplaces here in Switzerland. And yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it sounds like uh, the ideal or like the classic story of the entrepreneurial yeah, journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like working your asses off. Uh, day and night to be able to finance your project and to, to keep the project alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering, like, through these stages, uh, you mentioned, like, there was first just the WhatsApp groups. Mm-hmm. Then there was, like, some some very, very basic MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I'm trying to, to, to imagine how that looked. Like. So it's, uh, you know, Typeform? It's like Google yeah, Forms, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So the customers would type into Typeform what they needed. Uh-huh. Let's say, okay, I need someone to mow my lawn. Uh-huh. And then that posting, we would post into the WhatsApp group chats. Okay. And we would mediate them through WhatsApp. And that was like our first MVP. Okay, so like, uh, yeah, an automation, right? Kind of yeah, like it was kind of an automation, but we like... still had to mediate everything okay. by hand and by WhatsApp. So it was like also super okay. chaotic. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that was like our first version. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one, which I guess never got released, was what the, uh, the developer in Pakistan was developing. And exactly. that one was... What, what was lacking there? Yeah, so it, it just wasn't good enough. Okay. I mean, we, we released it, but no one used it. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's like that's that was kind of our, a never-ending story with those developers. We always released new new versions, yeah. but it just didn't work out. Mm. It wasn't good enough, and also the communication between us 
and the team in Pakistan just mm-hmm. just didn't work out in the end. Mm-hmm. So we had to find a way how to do it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, what is the tool that you found uh, in no code that allowed you to develop this first version? So we found Bubble.io. Uh-huh. It's a no code tool, and where you can really you can really build fully fledged products. It was like we were stunned. Yeah. So we first thought it's just like Adobe XD, yeah. where you can just put stuff together and make a design that's mm-hmm. kind of interactive. Yeah. But we were really wrong because you have like data sets, you have yeah. AWS servers, and you can really build a fully fledged app. Yeah. And that's when we noticed, oh shit, <laughs> we actually don't need yeah. uh, hard, like we call them hard code developers. Yeah, yeah, we can do this ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so we cut ties with the developers in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. We saved lots of lot, lots and lots of money. Yeah. We didn't have to work anymore as, as pizza delivery drivers, yeah. which was a good thing. Yeah. Um, and you were much closer to the product. Yeah, of course, which of course. Is great. Yeah, yeah. We, we could understand everything, and we built this first version in like two, three weeks, uh, yeah. which is also Amazing. pretty impressive yeah. because we were, we were known to, or the only thing we knew at the time was, okay, we have like two, three months to build a new mm-hmm. version or, or to add new features, and it was all like, took so long, yeah. and now that we can actually do it ourselves, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we could really rapidly test things, iterate. Yeah. Really cool. Okay, so you developed this in three weeks, um, and when you, like at the point when you released it, what were you actually able to do on that first release? So the first version, you could like create a profile, picture, name, mm-hmm. you could, we didn't have messaging yet, so you, you still had to write over WhatsApp, you mm-hmm. just put like a WhatsApp link, mm-hmm. so you, you you saw a service, let's say, I don't know, uh, Almo Mario Lawn or something mm-hmm. like that. Then you could actually, as a customer, you could contact that service provider, mm-hmm. but then everything else would be done over WhatsApp. Okay. So it was just like kind of the front end yeah, yeah, was, yeah. was on, yeah. on the application. And then we found out, oh, you can actually build a chat system in Bubble. Oh, you can actually build a payment integration right. system in Bubble. So then we okay. built out the app from there. Uh, okay, so initially the payments were also... Just done by, yeah. by the buyer and seller, and mm-hmm. you were not getting. Were you getting commissions? No, no. no okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, like, did Bubble have like a Stripe integration or something? Or how? yeah. So Bubble has a huge community, and you mm-hmm. can actually build APIs upon the mm-hmm. Bubble application. Mm-hmm. So there are people who build APIs for every single thing. Like you have Stripe APIs, you have mm-hmm. APIs to create like PDFs, you have APIs for. Literally anything. Yeah. Uh, we even, there is even OpenAI uh, uh-huh. APIs, so you can even build AI stuff on, on yeah. Bubble, which is really interesting, and we're actually also looking at that right now. Um, so, yeah, the, the community is really helpful, which is, which is cool. Sick. So is it kind of like that there's a marketplace for, for extensions or plugins? Exactly, okay. yeah. So Bubble earns actually money of a subscription. Mm-hmm. You pay per month, yeah. and then, of course, if you need more server capacity, you have to pay for that. But then they also earn money on the plugins. So you can create your own plugin, you can post it on the marketplace, and then me as Cork, I can buy a plugin and they get a percentage of that, of course. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I'm asking because I, I'm familiar with the no code framework of Flutterflow, which is yeah. a bit newer than Bubble. So mm-hmm. it, it lacks some of these features. Um, I mean, it has a marketplace for uh, templates for apps, mm-hmm. but it's not like you can. Um, I mean, yeah, technically you could. Uh, you know, you can create custom widgets, yeah. uh, as they call them, yeah. um, which are, you know, you can build with code. So mm-hmm. theoretically, you could do anything. Um, but I guess it's like a less mature community, so there's like less, less yeah. available in the market. I think we looked at Flutterflow once, but it was like one and a half, two years ago. Wow, then it and was really yeah, just it was getting probably, started. Yeah, <laughs> just at the beginning, so we couldn't really use it. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, through your time at Quark, you know, once you released this first version until now, mm-hmm. um, 
what have been some some great uh, use cases of Cork and like maybe relationships that you've seen come out of Cork between the, the seller yeah. and the buyer? And <clears throat> yeah, there's there are actually so many stories there of even like Ukrainian refugees coming to Switzerland, right? Having no job opportunities, really difficult f- uh, to earn money. But what they had, they, have, they had, of course, skills from their prior jobs or yeah. education. Yeah. So what we did is we actually found uh, Ukrainian refugees who posted their services on Cork. Yeah. And through that, they could earn money. Um, like there's one, her name is Valeria. Mm-hmm. She offers uh, dancing lessons on mm-hmm. Cork. And people are actually booking her to, to earn money. And she can actually earn money with her passion, which is also something really special about Cork, where people can, can really offer whatever they want. I can offer cello lessons, I can dance lessons, math, tutoring, yeah. whatever. Whatever you want. And, and I think that's kind of special yeah. and unique. No, that, that must be so amazing, right? Like, I guess like for you, you've had many different magical moments, but there's probably like several of them. I don't know if maybe you can highlight some like, I don't know, getting your first user and like mm-hmm. being able to see, oh, like our database is growing and like yeah. we have actual information on our website. We have content, we have <laughs> offerings. Yeah. I think the... The craziest moment when we had like the aha moment, right, yeah. of noticing, oh, it's actually working was yeah. way in the beginning uh-huh. with, with WhatsApp and Typeform. Okay. Because when we saw that those WhatsApp group chat numbers were growing and we actually yeah. had to create like five yeah. WhatsApp groups with like 200 people in it, we actually noticed, okay, there are so many people who want to earn money here in yeah. Switzerland using such a platform. Yeah. And that was just like the tipping point for Cork. Yeah. Where we noticed, okay, we really have to work on this. Yeah. This is something special. Yeah, amazing. Um, I mean, what I really like about that is that um, you guys had to be so resourceful in like finding a low-tech way of testing your solution. Yeah. And I think that's something that people like me that have a bit more technical background mm-hmm. uh, can totally lose track in. Like we would just oh, try to build like the perfect app without yeah. even like testing it first. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something at least like you know in in, in you know YC videos, which I mm-hmm. guess you've also seen. Yeah, they always recommend. That was my testing. university, okay. right? <laughs> Walk, watching these YC yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they always uh, advocate for this, right? For mm-hmm. testing like as fast as you can yeah. uh, and validating first. Um, so that's that's a really nice yeah. lesson. But um, it took a long time until we realized that. Yeah. Right, we first worked with developers for like a, a yeah, year and a yeah, half. We got yeah. screwed by one. <laughs> the other one worked out, but the, the product was yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, so it took time. And I think it's normal, you know, you go yeah. through these... Even if you know, even if you watch those YC videos yeah, yeah, and they yeah. tell you you have to build this MVP, you have to be super lean, mm-hmm. no one really listens in the yeah, beginning yeah. until you make the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards you say, okay, now I'm going to do it correct. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what have been some of the most challenging aspects, uh, aside from the ones that we've already mentioned of like getting <laughs> scammed and stuff? Yeah. But once, once the app was actually, you know, live, mm-hmm. um, what have been challenging moments? Because I can imagine that you know when you build a marketplace, when you when you build a community, you have challenges on the business side, right? Yeah. That it's a marketplace, so you mm-hmm. need both sides to be there, and and the fact that it's a community also you know brings some some security questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, how yeah. So that was also like in the beginning when we started out with Cork, we like we had all those questions: security, you know, ID verification. Uh, about legal issues of yeah. building an app and all this stuff. And I think the most important thing is that you just have to kind of validate the idea and then go from there. And step yeah. by step, you yeah. can improve on that. 
in the beginning, we didn't really have like ID verification system. We would just check it ourselves and yeah. verify is this really a real person or not. Now we have an ID verification system mm-hmm. in place. Uh, the same with payment. You know, in the beginning, they just did it themselves Self. through Twint or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, here yeah. in Switzerland. Uh, now we have Stripe yeah. on the platform. So you, you just improve, 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 yeah. and then you find those, those little issues you have to resolve. Mm-hmm. And you can somehow, there's, a, there's always a way to resolve them. Right. Okay, so here, like, again, I'm just going to mention YC again, but yeah. like, I'm seeing so many parallels. Like, this would be a good example of, like, doing things that don't scale, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, checking IDs manually. Like, yeah. That's, if you were coming from a big company, you'd be like, what the hell? This, <laughs> like, of course, we're not yeah. going to check IDs manually. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not scalable. But at, in the beginning, it is yeah. possible to do it. I think the cool thing is, if you don't have any money, mm. there's no other option than doing everything manually yeah. because you just can't do it unless you have of course like a computer science background and yeah. you can develop apps yourself pretty yeah. easily but if you have like no money and you don't know how to to create an application you do everything manually yeah. and i think that's actually pretty cool yeah maybe that mindset should get it instilled in more people yeah. who even have a background of, of computer science yeah. so are, are there actually any services uh, similar to quark i mean globally but even within switzerland yeah. Um, in Switzerland, there aren't really too many. Mm-hmm. There are other platforms who do similar stuff, but really, like built like sim- to a similar build like Cork, there aren't any. Mm-hmm. But of course, they're in America. They're like this Thumbtack who mm-hmm. does something similar, mm-hmm. TaskRabbit who does mm-hmm. something similar, or in Australia you have Airtasker mm-hmm. uh, who does something similar. And uh, but that was also kind of a mistake in the beginning. We didn't really look at them in the beginning, mm-hmm. but now we realize okay, they exist, yeah. and we can actually copy a couple of stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. which it did really well. Yeah. And uh, I think that's also important if you want to build something, you should really do a deep dive into mm-hmm. what other companies exist, and you shouldn't get like um, demotivated if they're co- companies who do something similar. Right, you right, just right. have to be better than them, yeah, and yeah. you can actually copy a lot of stuff, yeah. which yeah, they yeah. do really well, which we did. And yeah, yeah. And, and so is your goal like? To position yourselves um, as like the marketplace uh, in Switzerland, or do you do you have like plans to like expand outside of Switzerland? Yeah. How, what? How do you see? So of course the goal in the future is to expand like to Germany. Mm-hmm. I think that's a natural step mm-hmm. for Swiss uh, mm-hmm. consumer-based companies. Yeah. Once you have like kind of the German part of Switzerland, which is yeah. the bigger biggest part, mm. you can expand to Germany, which is mm. kind of similar mm. to to the German part of Switzerland. And we're right now con- contemplating if we should do that or not, or if we, sh- if we should really stick to Switzerland, try and really build yeah. uh, even bigger base here, and yeah. then go to Germany. Right. But of course, that's a natural step to yeah. to go. To okay. Um, yeah, because I guess like, w- how are you weighing that decision? Like, what are the the pros and the cons for people that are not familiar with like running yeah. business? <clears throat> I think a big con is that we, we spoke to so many other startup founders here in Switzerland who. We're like also contemplating if they want to go to Germany or not, and even ones who did go to Germany. And one big thing is that you have to raise a lot of money to do that, especially if you want to like scale super quickly and yeah. become like the biggest in Germany. Yeah. Um, it's really, really expensive. And of course, the, the competitive landscape in Germany is way, way bigger than yeah. here in Switzerland. So you always have like this pro and cons. But of course, the, the pro side is you have yeah. I know, 80 million people living there. In Switzerland, mm-hmm. you only have 8 million. Yeah. Um, you have way more diverse cities, kind of. You have bigger cities. Okay. And um, so, actually, on the on the fundraising side, is that something that you've already done to some yeah. extent? For yeah. Cork? So, uh, when 
so we were working as pizza delivery boys. <laughs> we were trying to earn money there. I mean, we hardly earned anything, but everything we, we, we earned, we uh, reinvested into Cork. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we noticed, okay, Cork is starting to work. People are using it. Transactions are being made. People are earning money. And, and then we noticed, okay, we need an investor to really push this and to, mm-hmm. to really become the biggest service marketplace mm-hmm. in Switzerland. And that's when we found an investor that was around one and a half years ago who invested in Cork and has really been not only an investor, but also kind of a mentor yeah. who helped us out. Yeah. Um, like some people say, oh, your investor should just give you money. They shouldn't really be a mentor. But I think if you're so young, yeah. uh, like we are, it's really beneficial to have someone who, who can guide you. Right. And he is also really uh, successful in the startup space. Mm-hmm. And he built his own company here in Switzerland. Wow. So he could really help us out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess with things, I don't know, I guess you're incorporated yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, so like th- that kind of stuff. All yeah, legal we, we actually did it, before, we incorporated oh. ourselves before we had the investor. Okay. Um, so here in Switzerland, you can do a Sacheinlage, it's called, okay. uh, where you can actually um, use material stuff mm-hmm. as, as, I don't know how, how. As an asset? Yeah, as an asset, basically. Mm-hmm. And you can put it into the company instead right. of the 100,000 Swiss francs to start mm-hmm. the company. And we put actually our app into the company because we worked on the app for so long okay. ourselves and we could actually use that as kind of an asset to That's put into so the interesting how, yeah. how do you value the app <laughs> you actually have a, a third party value it you okay. can't value it yourself oh, wow so you have a, it's called a revisor here uh-huh. in switzerland uh-huh. he uh, he actually looks at it and he says okay how much is, is this worth and then he says okay this is worth i don't know a uh, hundred thousand swiss francs yeah. so you can now put wow. this into the into the ag That's it's amazing. called right here in switzerland and then you can uh, actually start your first company. Wow. If you want to do it, there's yeah. some like tax issues to it if you sell your company like in okay. five years or stuff. Uh-huh. I don't really okay, know. Okay, okay. But it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's still much yeah. better than yeah. having and, to... And, and it was so important for us to be incorporated, especially if you want to find an investor. Yeah. Uh, they want to see that you have a company. Yeah. Where, where mm-hmm. would they put the money, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so we found a way how to do that. Also there again, it's like... You don't need a background in, in, I don't know, banking and financials or whatever to actually found a company. You just have to read a couple of articles, watch some YouTube videos, and then you yeah. can actually find out, oh, shit, you don't need 100,000 Swiss francs. You can just use your app as, a, as an asset and put it into the company. So you mentioned that, um, that you were already incorporated before you, you mm-hmm. got your first investor. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, first, how, how did you find him or her? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, and what did they help you with most at yeah. the start? So for us, it was really difficult to find an investor because we were 19 at the time. So if, when you're super young, you just yeah. finished high school, yeah. it's really difficult to find a, uh, an investor because you have no reputa- reputation, yeah. of course. So we went to all the VCs here in Switzerland, like literally all of them. We wrote to all of them. We, we had like an Excel list of around 1,000, 1,200 contacts. We just contacted all of them. We spoke to like, I don't know, 120 people. Yeah. Most of them said no. A lot of them were interested. They said, okay, we have to wait a little bit and then we're going to contact you in the classic. future. The classic <laughs> VC or investor. Wait, wait until Sequoia invests in you. Yeah, yeah exactly. The fear of missing out yeah. in the end. Um, but we spoke to so many people and I think it was also, some said yes, but it was really never like the right fit and we wanted someone who could also like help us, mm-hmm. not just give us money and that's it. Yeah. We really wanted someone who could help us and then we found this investor who, who built his own company and we were like really hoping he invests before we actually contacted him. We were like, mm-hmm. saying, oh, this would be absolutely amazing if this guy contacted me. He will never invest. He built mm-hmm. this huge company. Why would he invest in yeah. three idiots straight out of high school who tried yeah. to build this, this app? And, yeah. and we contacted him and he was like really surprised. Like, 
I've he he basically told us I've never received an email in like the last 20 years oh, from from high school yeah, students yeah. or from anyone actually wanting me to invest in their company, oh, wow. and uh, he thought that was kind of funny and amazing that we actually did that. And then we spoke to him. We had the first meeting, and I, actually during the first meeting he said, "Okay, I'm going to invest uh, in your company." And then two weeks later, we he wire, wired us the money and he invested. So it was, wow. was a really surreal experience for us because we had no idea how this... this yeah, how, how did you actually manage that? Because like, there's a lot to how you do investing and yeah. like investment terms and stuff. Like. Yeah, so what we did is we did a CLA. It's yeah. called a Convertible yeah. Loan Agreement. Yeah. So it's basically just push uh, your financing round mm-hmm. to a later stage, mm-hmm. right? So you have uh, like trigger points in that agreement and the, these trigger points basically say, Okay, um, at that point, we're going to convert the loan yeah. into shares mm-hmm. uh, where the, the investor will actually get the shares of the company. So he just signed the agreement. He doesn't really have the shares in the company yet, no. but on paper, he has them. Yeah. Um, this is way more cost efficient yeah. and it takes way less time. If you want to do this uh, mm-hmm. capital raise, it mm-hmm. takes like a month to do. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a CLA, which is a really cool instrument for, for early startups to, mm-hmm. to raise money. Um, that's how we got him. He signed, and uh, then you have these different trigger points. I think it's you have a maturity date. That is, if you don't have a financing round in like one to two years, it converts at that date. Mm-hmm. If you have a financing round during those one to two years, they convert. Mm-hmm. If you sell your company, they convert, mm-hmm. and it's it's like really simple, yeah. it's like three pages, yeah. and that basically structured the whole whole investment round yeah. for us. And um, so, how long ago was that actually? That was uh, one and a half years ago. Okay, so yeah. you still, I, I don't know if you've done a, a, an equity round. Like. No, we're, we're basically still uh, living off that money yeah. we, we uh, received because we're super lean at the moment. Yeah. As I said, we had the developers and then we went away uh, from those developers yeah. and are doing everything ourselves. Yeah. So we can, like, we can, we spend so little money. Ramen, it's, like, it's crazy. If, if you, yeah, we're really working on a budget. It's crazy, and and I think it's also that gives us also kind of the spirit of of the the startup that yeah. we're super lean. Uh, our salary is like basically nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just the hustle. You have to grind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess in in terms of revenue, like you must also be getting some kind of revenue, mm-hmm. and you're probably also reinvesting that. Yeah, uh, so we're like playing with different business models at the moment mm-hmm. because we haven't found one that really works yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we first had commission-based mm-hmm. uh, and then we had uh, something called like lead-based model where you pay uh, per, per lead. So the service provider, if he gets mm-hmm. a request from a customer to see the request, he has to pay something. Oh, okay. So we aren't earning like a lot of money in revenue yet yeah. because we're still figuring out what's the best business model yeah. for, for Cork. Yeah, yeah. And I think once we crack that code, yeah. We can then really start focusing on scaling and investing money in uh, like more normal kind of marketing methods, uh, yeah. like performance marketing and stuff, which yeah. we are not doing. We right. our marketing budget is basically zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing we spend money on is ourselves and basically the office, which <sighs> costs also nothing because it's. Wait, so how many users like do you have? Uh, we have like? over ten thousand users using the app. Uh, like really actively, we yeah. have around five thousand people yeah. using it actively. It doesn't sound like a lot. No, but it's all word of mouth. You're it's saying. all word of mouth. Yeah, wow. it's everything word of mouth. We haven't spent anything on on performance marketing or stuff like That's that. That's great. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, 
I now want to switch direction completely. Yeah. Uh, so at some point, I don't know exactly when, uh, you decided that one startup wasn't enough for you. <laughs> and so uh, you decided to start a new one called Rocket Launch, right? Yeah. With the same co-founders as, yeah. as Quark. Um, how, how is it different from Quark? Yeah. So as I said, we had this huge problem with developers mm -hmm. and then we found no code. Mm -hmm. And when we switched to no code, we, we've now been working on no code for about one year and uh, or one and a half years. And we just noticed that it's it's really an up-and-coming market, this no-code. Mm -hmm. um, you can build applications super fast, digital products, like really, really rapidly. Mm -hmm. And we noticed that here in Switzerland, there aren't any companies who really offer the service of like rapid uh, development. Mm -hmm. We only have the normal uh, hard-code developers. Mm -hmm. And that's when we noticed, okay, this might be something really interesting to build actually a company mm -hmm. uh, which focuses on no-code and focuses on building digital products super, super fast and really efficient yeah. based on no code. Yeah. And that's what we did. We then said, okay, let's take this opportunity. Let's build our second uh, company called Rocket Launch, yeah. where we actually do that. Yeah. Our focus is building uh, digital products 10 times more it's uh, so efficient smart. and faster than, yeah. than traditional developers. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so smart. You're like leveraging all the skills that you've learned yeah. with the previous startup and putting them into Rocket Launch, into a new venture. and all the lessons you get from there, you can reapply into Quark, yeah. which is an app that you're building with similar, with the same framework. Right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's super smart. And um, I, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, I kind of asked just so that you would share, but it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, like, what are some of the things you know that you did differently when you were starting Rocket Launch? Uh, you know, given that you had now experience <laughs> of having already started a yeah. company. The cool thing about Rocket Launch is that you don't really need to build a product in mm -hmm. advance, right? So you just have to find customers. When you've found one customer, they tell you what they need, and then you build that for them. Yeah. Uh, so we're also there. We're like crazy lean. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, most of the team can focus on Quark. Mm -hmm. And like one person can source customers. And when we find a customer, we can then work on building the products. Yeah. And I think the biggest learning from Quark was just be as lean as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, don't build a super sophisticated website. Mm -hmm. Don't invest in like crazy marketing methods. Yeah. Just try and, as I said in the beginning, validate the idea. Does it even work? Do yeah. people actually want a no-code agency? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's how we're appro approaching that. And it's right. working. We have like a couple of, of customers oh, wow. who are paying uh, us for the development on no-code. And we're super rapid and they love it. So... Awesome. I mean, it's working out. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything you can share about who these customers are? Are uh, they small businesses? What kind of apps do yeah, they so want to build? We can't, we can't share the customers yet, the mm -hmm. names, but they're, they're startup, startups, they're bigger companies, mm -hmm. like really huge companies okay. with thousands of employees wow. who actually use no-code uh, company, uh, yeah. no-code uh, in, their, in their companies yeah. for like internal processes. Uh -huh. And we're way faster and, and less expensive than traditional developers. Yeah. And all, of course, we're building everything also in Switzerland, which is also important where they have, they can come to us, they can speak to us. They don't have to go outside right. of Switzerland to source uh, for yeah. developers. Okay, okay. So for you right now, like, what, what's, what do you look for in the ideal customer? Like, who's yeah. the, the, the pilot customer that you really want? So the ideal customer in the beginning was startups, because that was like our problem in the mm -hmm. beginning when we, did Quark was we were a startup and we didn't have a way to build an MVP, a first version, because we didn't have any programming skills. And we wanted it as 
quickly as possible and yeah. as cheap as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we thought, okay, the first customer has to be a startup, of course. Yeah. And that's when we found someone. We did it, of course. Not it wasn't expensive. We did it basically for free for them yeah. just to see their reaction, yeah. um, and they absolutely loved it. And then we advanced to a little bit bigger startups who paid us. They also loved it. And then from there we went to the bigger companies, and now we basically work with. Uh, medium-sized startups yeah. and, and bigger companies. Okay, and you are prioritizing companies that are in Switzerland that you can like yeah. talk to in at person? at the moment, yeah. Uh, okay. But of course, the cool thing is yeah, it's we're scalable. We can, it's yeah. scalable. Yeah. We, can, we can have customers yeah. from America, from yeah. Asia. It doesn't really matter. Um, about scalability. Um, yeah. So it is scalable in, in the sense that it's it's a, it's a software product, so mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to introduce it to new economies and to yeah. get customers from everywhere. But you are, in essence, uh, selling your time, right? It's it's kind of a consultancy yeah. in a way. Exactly. Uh, so it's not like you're developing a product and selling it. The product is your time and your skills, right? So how do you see that? Um, I mean, it's not to say that this can't be a successful business, mm -hmm. but how do you see that uh, scaling up, you know? Um, yeah, I think something that's really interesting about no-code is that you don't need, if you're hi hiring new people, you don't need people who have like a computer science background. So you can actually hire people who are were like us, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs who want to learn how to build products. So the costs there aren't as expensive as hiring traditional mm -hmm. developers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one point. The other point is, of course, you know, if you think about an agency, you think about, okay, you just have to hire people and that's how you grow, right? Um, but I think the more we like become uh, super specific in the no-code space, we can also price ourselves like differently and become like specialists of, of mm -hmm. the no-code space. And I mean, we don't know how we did this like as a side project in the beginning, but now that it's really picking up steam, it's mm -hmm. becoming more of a kind of a main project, a bigger project. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it's cool because it pays the bills. We can earn money. Yeah. Um, and our costs is basically just us. Yeah. So I don't know how it's, how it's going to look in, in the future. I mean, there's so many different ways, but we're really taking it step by step. Yeah. Um, what, what, what we learn also by Cork, right? With Cork, yeah. yeah. You should really take everything step by step. Kind of. Definitely. And um, there, how, how does the competitive landscape look? Yeah. Because I mean, there are many different no-code frameworks popping mm -hmm. up, and they're becoming more and more powerful. So in yeah. a way. Um, they're starting to democratize, you know, building mm -hmm. apps. So how do you, yeah, how do you stay on, uh, how do you keep your edge? Yeah, basically? I think someone actually told me this a couple of weeks ago. It's like really great analogy to this whole thing mm -hmm. you're talking about. Like in the beginning, uh, Google Ads, yeah. it's also basically like democratizing, like anyone can do Google Ads, yeah. but then you have these Google Ads huh. businesses who, right. who actually help companies yeah. Do Google Ads, yeah, yeah. so and, and it also makes sense because they're the specialists, yeah. right? So you go to them if you're like a company and you really need someone who knows their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of course, if you're like a super early stage startup like Cork was, who didn't have any money, yeah. you won't work with us because we're we might be too expensive. Yeah. Um, but if you're like a little bit bigger company, or if you're an entrepreneur who already has some money and who really wants to build something sophisticated yeah. as an MVP. Uh, or then even a fully-fledged product, then you would come to us. The same example for Google Ads. If you're like mm -hmm. a small little startup just starting out and you want to yeah. test Google Ads, you do it yourself. But yeah. once you raise money, once you want to build something, yeah. uh, once you want to really use Google Ads yeah. more, in a more powerful way, yeah. you either hire people or you use an agency. Yeah, uh, It's the same thing. And are there, I mean, I haven't used Bubble, so I'm not sure about this, but are there 
startups that have reached out to you where you're like, oh no, this product is way too complicated for us to implement. Mm -hmm. uh, and this would require like someone to develop the app natively or something. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, until now, we haven't gotten one yet. Okay. Because I think also people realize if they want to build like something machine learning yeah. and stuff, they won't come to us, yeah. um, which makes sense. So yeah. most of the people who came to us, we can, we can really build anything they want. Yeah. And also, I think it's like about 95% of all software we could build. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the like super specific, complicated stuff, at the moment we can't. But like I said in the beginning, um, OpenAI is actually also like building APIs for uh, Bubble. So in the future, we might even be able to build AI on, on mm -hmm. Bubble, machine learning, and yeah. all those stuff. Yeah. So I think it's, it's coming. So. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to, to ask for, for both Cork and Rocket Launch. For you, what, what does success look like? Yeah. Um, what, what kind of metric do you think of what numbers? Uh, maybe you already consider it a uh, success. Yeah. I think for, for me, it's already kind of, I mean, of course, it isn't like we haven't earned a lot of money yet. Mm -hmm. It isn't like a financial success yet. Mm -hmm. But I think we're really happy on the, on the side of Cork. We're like really happy that people are using it. People are earning money through Cork. Like yeah. I said, with Ukrainian refugees yeah. who are able to earn money through Cork. And that's like really satisfying yeah. uh, to see that. And, and on the side of rocket launch, it's cool because we can, it's basically positive cash flow. We earn money. Um, and that's also kind of a success. I mean, I think just building a company that works yeah. is a success. I yeah. mean, if you, of course, you can earn crazy amounts of money yeah. if you sell your company and stuff. That's also a success, but it, it always it depends. Okay, so for you right now, like having a sustainable business, yeah, that's that's a that's success. success. I mean, yeah. even I agree. yeah, even if you like sell hot dogs yeah. and it's sustainable and you can make a profit, I mean, yeah. it's a success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's super super difficult to build a startup and and yeah. be profitable and and earn yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. It's really tough. And if you even have something that earns a little bit of profit, mm -hmm. um, it's a success. Yeah. I agree. I want to also take a little tangent. I don't know at what age exactly, mm -hmm. but you got on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, well, many things about that uh, because I haven't known anyone uh, yeah. on that list. How, how, does, how do you first get on that list? Um, and what, what, what did it feel like? What's that experience yeah. like? Also there, I mean, it's crazy. So many people ask us, how the hell do you, do you know someone from Forbes? Uh, does your dad work at Forbes? How the hell did you get in there? <laughs> And we just applied. There's like a form where you can, where you can uh, apply. Okay. And I think our application was kind of crazy because uh -huh. we, I think normally you have like, okay, this guy's the CEO, you have the CTO. Yeah. And we called ourselves like a chief go-getter, chief uh, Google products, uh, whatever. And we were kind of like crazy. And, <laughs> and of course, we had the metrics also. We said we have 10,000 users, the biggest yeah. service marketplace in Switzerland. Yeah. We're, we're 20 years old at the time. Yeah. And I think they just picked it up and said, it's a cool story. Yeah. We're gonna Amazing. use you guys. Yeah. Okay. And it was. What, I mean, it was probably also pretty lucky. Yeah. Okay. There's. Yeah. There's, I guess, a side of it, but. Yeah. Um, and and once you got the news, like, well, what did it mean for you guys? What? Yeah. We, <laughs> I'm not really. I'm not lying. We had no idea. We thought it's like, okay, it's nothing. I mean, if they choose us, I mean, oh <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it may sounds. It may sound kind of crazy, but it, for us, it wasn't really that special. Right. Because, like like you said, we were talking about success before. Mm -hmm. We didn't feel like it's success. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't yeah. something that we thought, oh, shit, we built the biggest service marketplace or, or I don't know, we're profitable, which mm -hmm. we aren't. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't really a, a success to us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
It's nice, of course, to have on your CV or yeah. something like that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely builds credibility, but you're saying it's not like a metric that you really... No, it's not a metric about. at all. Okay. No, no, it's like a personal yeah. metric kind of, but I, yeah. we really didn't care about that. Yeah. The, for us, the most important thing was Cork, and we actually did that, did that also for Cork to give Cork more like... Uh, be more legitimate in yeah. that space. Yeah. Also for finding investors, I think we came Forbes 30, under 30 before we found the investor. Yeah. So uh, we also did that because of that. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's, well, that was the main reason. Yeah. And then when, when they when they chose us, of course we were happy, we were surprised, like well, why the hell did they choose us? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's like a metric to yeah. for success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering now more on your... Uh, on your personal side, like mm -hmm. what what does a week in your life look like? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hard to think down. Yeah, it's just it's just it's basically. I mean, we work from Monday to Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, we basically the last two years we didn't really have a personal life. We, we've always been. We're now four in the team or five in the team, and yeah. and. Uh, We've been always together and we work from, I don't know, eight until 10 in the evening. We go to the gym together, which is cool. Daniel is like, uh, one of my co-founders, like a really a gym guru. Mm -hmm. He's like a huge uh, guy who goes yeah. every day to the gym and he actually inspired us also to go to the gym, which nice. is cool. So it's work-life balance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I okay. mean, so just, you're living and breathing. Yeah. Work, rocket launch yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. And I think it's, it's funny because uh, during, Christmas, I was like kind of depressed because I was like, what am I doing? I'm just watching TV. I'm with the family. I'm eating, but I want to work. I want to do something. And I, it's, I don't know. It's like instilled relate. in us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the beautiful thing that some people don't, don't realize that when you have full ownership of something and it's, yeah. And, and like, yeah, like it, it's something that you started, um, that it really does not feel like work at all, that you actually no. crave yeah. crave to do that. Um, yeah, And 100%. when you're part of a team, even more, 100%. Right? But I think it's also important when you have, like, off time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also important that you spend off time with your team and really build this team spirit. Mm -hmm. And because we're all friends, it's yeah. really easy for us to to do stuff uh, outside of Cork. Yeah. Um, so I, I was wondering, what are some of the... Um, best tools that you personally use and also um, in your business mm -hmm. and I'm kind of asking a bit selfishly here like uh, <laughs> curious so bubble of course mm -hmm. yeah. bubble.io for building the app yeah. Um, but yeah that is one Typeform mm -hmm. in the beginning mm -hmm. that was huge for us but Typeform I think has like more functionalities than Google Forms yeah. has yeah. so if you want to like build something super lean you can do it on Typeform yeah. uh for websites, Webflow, mm -hmm. if you know Webflow, mm -hmm. it's really, really great. Yeah. Uh, also, of course, WordPress, but WordPress is, I think, more complicated. Webflow is cool because it's similar to Bubble, mm -hmm. but you can just build a website with it. But yeah. it's like super intuitive and you can build it super quickly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for us, probably the most important tool was when we found Bubble. Yeah. I mean, Bubble is the most important tool, yeah. hands down. So yeah. that's where you spend like 80% of your Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. 110%. We're only okay. on Bubble. Yeah, so you don't crazy. even like design stuff in Figma? You no, directly. straight on Bubble. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It, de it depends. If they're customers who like w for Rocket Launch, if they want us to also do the designs mm -hmm. and send them designs in advance, we do that on Adobe XD yeah. uh, or Figma. Yeah. Um, but if there's like, if they're customers and tell, if customers tell us like, hey, 
You can just do whatever you want. You can design the app yourself. We do it directly on Bubble because it's you're way faster, yeah. way yeah. faster, and you can change stuff so quickly. Yeah. How do you balance running a successful startup with your personal life and relationships? Yeah, um, I feel like most I of don't. your important, <laughs> like I feel like your most important relationships are in your yeah. startup. Yeah, uh, and so like you don't really need to worry about. Yeah. Um, I think it's it is important to have, of course. I'm just yeah. joking when I'm saying I don't have any. <laughs> but it's really important to have relationships outside of the startup. That's mm-hmm. that's. Uh, but I, we have like a really uh, tight knit friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps a lot because we always do stuff together on the weekends. Yeah. If if we do stuff, uh, also family time is really important to mm-hmm. go home to your family mm-hmm. during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy your time. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, about your free time, um, if you have any, <laughs> how do you like to decompress? What's your favorite activity? I mean, you mentioned going to the gym. Yeah, I mean, I don't look like I go to the gym, but (laughs) just going to the gym is kind of, it's relaxing going with my friends to the gym. It's cool to do some sports. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so exercises. Yeah. Um, Now, I want to ask some questions uh, looking into the future. Yeah. Um, So one burning question that I had was, uh, are you ever going to go to university? (laughs) Yeah. That's also a question we get asked a lot. And I think we might go to university mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we haven't experienced that yet. Mm-hmm. It depends how Cork and Rocket Launch advance in the future. But I think with Rocket Launch, it, if we didn't have Cork, I think Rocket Launch would be pretty easy to do together with university mm-hmm. because we can just say, okay, like the next two months, we won't take any customers. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. going to do university and then we can yeah. focus on Rocket Launch later on. Yeah. Um, with Cork, it's more difficult because it's like a marketplace we have to ma- maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, yeah, maybe in the future. I think it's mm-hmm. it's interesting, especially here in Switzerland, if you have ETH, you have HSG, Unitsu, you have such great institutions. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the future, I see myself going to university. What would you like to, to learn or to study there? I think computer science. Computer science. Um, even though we had no clue in the beginning, now through Bubble and also learning how to program ourselves a little bit, mm-hmm. I think it's super interesting. And also this, this whole uh, new revolution of, of web3 mm-hmm. ai <clears throat> such stuff open ai i think yeah it's really really interesting so on on the maintenance of of core because mm-hmm. one could think maybe a bit naively mm-hmm. that uh for such a marketplace if you set up your systems in yeah. in the perfect way that it becomes like a self-running uh website mm-hmm. but what what things are like demand your time mostly yeah um because we don't really have a marketing budget and don't spend anything on performance marketing. We do everything ourselves with like growth hacks and stuff. So you always have to uh, maintain your product, right? Build growth hacks into the product, mm-hmm. sharing mechanisms, uh, viral loops and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really, really difficult to do. And yet it takes a lot of time. And also if you want to like find new customers, users, whatever, um, doing that super lean takes a lot of time if you want to piggyback off another company like Airbnb did in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that story. No. With y Com- uh, no, not with Y Company. What's it called? Craigslist. Oh. How they, they got their first initial users through Craigslist. So in Craigslist, you actually had postings of houses, mm-hmm. people uh, renting their houses and, and uh, flats in New York. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they just contacted all 
those those people on Craigslist and told them, hey, come to Airbnb, we're way better. Yeah. And yeah. we did actually the same here uh -huh. to, to other companies in Switzerland <laughs> who were like super old and yeah. no one really used anymore. Yeah. Um, and that worked really well, but you have to do that like the whole time. Right. So you can't just let that run. Right. Um, okay. So that is pretty. pretty Would you consider um, hiring a team so that you can yeah. start delegating? Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that, that's in the future the plan that yeah. we expand our team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you are thinking of potentially raising some funds to be able to expand the team. Some yeah, uh, with us, you know, like raising funds is, we really want to be sure that we have something that is really mm. scalable and that we, we don't want to like wing it and say, okay, yeah. fuck it, we're just going to do it, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. We don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. We really want to be sure mm -hmm. um, because I think it's important. I mean, you have so many startups that just raise crazy amounts of money, uh, go to Germany, and then, in the end, nothing happens. And we don't want to be that kind of startup. We rather have our first investment, work on that, maybe become profitable, profitable in the future, which, as I said, I mean, even if you're a little bit profitable, it's a success. Because yeah. uh, most of the startups fail, like 90% of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's more important than like, right. raising capital, yeah. hiring crazy amounts of people, yeah. going to Germany, going to the UK yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really focusing on the core. Do you... Um you know, you mentioned that there's a few things happening now, like Web3 and, mm -hmm. and generative AI that excites you, right? And yeah. that, that, that's uh, piquing your, your interest uh, mm -hmm. towards university. Um, but in the startup scene, like, are there any uh, startups that you've thought about that you're like, wow, I would really love to build something in this field? Or um, I don't know if you probably don't know them. They're called Stack3. I think that's their name. Um, they work with Bubble, okay. so they're actually like a kind of a Bubble agency, but they also use AI uh -huh. to build the product. So they mostly they combine Bubble with AI okay. and build products uh -huh. based on that. And I think that's that's super interesting because they combine no code with AI. Yeah. They use OpenAI, the APIs yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and I think that's super super interesting because you combine the power of no code where you can yeah. super quickly build a front end, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. You launch it, test it, and then you have the AI base to actually have this more revolutionary yeah, yeah. part of your product. Nice. And combining those those two, I think that, that's super, super powerful. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I have thought about products in that space and there's so many coming out. Uh, yeah, I actually just had a call with uh, one of those guys from Stack3 and they're building a product where uh, agencies like Rocket Launch mm -hmm. can uh, actually have make a scope. So you basically like type in what your client needs, mm -hmm. or what's what's the scope of the product? You type in like points. Okay, I have to build mm -hmm. Stripe integration. I have to build a user interface that looks like this. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then they generate the scope paper, the PDF through the OpenAI generator, and that's based all on Bubble. And uh, it's super cool and interesting. Uh, what is the scope paper exactly? So the scope is like uh, just what the project is all about. Okay. So if you have if you have a client who wants to build, let's say, Cork. Uh -huh. Um, he comes to you, he says what he needs, and then you have to like write a scope. Yeah, so see. what it entails, okay, right? Okay. The whole project entails. Right, right. And what, what they do is ba basically you just have a couple of points with what the, pro uh, what the product has, like, I don't know, uh, Stripe integration, chat integration, blah, 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 blah. And then their AI actually generates the scope mm -hmm. for you, and yeah. you don't have to type down the whole scope. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many of these uh, like crazy... Um, automations that can be done mm -hmm. uh, with AI. I guess you've played around with ChatGPT yeah, as well. And yeah. it's, it's crazy how flexible it is. And if you fine-tune these models for a specific use case, mm -hmm. uh, 
Yeah, it's even better. Um, so what do you see yourself doing in like five to 10 years? Uh, I think we're either working on Cork or rocket launch mm -hmm. or maybe on something else, I don't know, but surely a startup, my own, own okay. thing. I mean, <clears throat> it might be interesting to, to uh, do something with a company yeah. or work in a company, but I don't know, I don't really see myself. Right. Because, yeah. you know, it seems like very, like the way you put it, it seems very clear that you want to stay as a founder, you want to continue, yeah. uh, you know, working in a like small or at least tightly knit team. Uh, and then the question that comes to mind is, why do you want to then go to university potentially? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what do you expect to get out of that or how yeah. do you think that's going to help you? I think it depends what you do, but I think the ETH is really unique. I don't know, maybe you can say mm -hmm. your, how your experiences are, but I think the ETH is unique that you really are like a, on the forefront of new mm -hmm. technologies mm -hmm. uh, with AI and, and uh, mm -hmm. Web3. Um, and I think that's super interesting. Also just the people at the, the university, the network. Yes. Yeah. And that's how, basically how most of the startups start, right? They're mm -hmm. out of university and just the people you meet. And <clears throat> uh, we aren't at the ETH at the moment, so it's more difficult to get into that startup, uh, into that university circle yeah. or network for us. And I think that's surely plays a big role. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think the network for me is, is also like one of the mm -hmm. best things about attending any university. Yeah. Uh, in terms of being at the forefront, yes, uh, that, that's also true, um, mm. especially if you're, if you're doing research or something. Um, but what I've heard, for instance, uh, I haven't done the bachelor here, yep. but I've heard that the computer science bachelor at ETH is like super theoretical. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how someone with like the pragmatic mind that yeah. you have would react yeah. to like having to solve differential equations and doing <laughs> discrete math yeah. and like proving algorithms. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Like, but you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> just we had the same during high school. We were like, oh, is, oh, why the hell are we learning chemistry or physics? It's like so boring. Well, yeah. <laughs> why can't we just start our own company? <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can always try it and drop yeah, out. Sure. <laughs> like yeah, sure. I yeah. just have a few like intuition questions that I always sure. ask at yeah. the end. So first one is, what makes a great entrepreneur? What makes a great entrepreneur? I think there are two things, like being a team player, because you have to work with other people, mm -hmm. and being super, super lean. Mm -hmm. If you can be lean, and uh, if you're a team player, I think the startup space is perfect for you. Who do you look up to? I think kind of my parents or my family, mm -hmm. um, because with me, it's like from my mother's side, my uh, mother, she fled from Pakistan to Switzerland, actually. and how they just came here and how they hustled, like we hustled with the, with the yeah. startup at the beginning, how they hustled themselves to actually becoming like successful and, and, and doing stuff on their own. I think, yeah, it's, it's always been kind of my family uh, as, as an inspiration. Maybe also my grandfather, he had a business in, in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't work out because he had to flee the country. Um, what gets you out of bed most mornings? What, what's the single thought or picture or goal uh, or idea that gets you out of bed like I, just building stuff i love building stuff yeah. you know if it's cork or if it's a new project with rocket launch yeah. i think that motivates me the most that and the team yeah. you know getting into the office having my friends there my teammates basically there mm -hmm. and working on stuff i think that's the most satisfying part okay so if an angel gave you one million right now what would you do with it 
I would probably invest it in Corker Rocket Launch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I. What would you do with a million? Right now, I would. I mean, I would definitely buy it. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can tell you that that definitely would not be the case. Um, I don't know if I would invest it right away because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I might not need to. At the, yeah, but I would definitely uh, invest a chunk of it into into the startup yeah. that I'm working on, um, and then the rest keep it keep it in the yeah. bank for whenever I, yeah. I needed to bootstrap something. Yeah, yeah, I think me too. I don't know. Uh, I would probably go and eat out every day. That, that's what I would do. Right now, I have to cook my own own food and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. I mean, that's disgusting because I have to cook it myself. Yeah. So I would I would always buy uh, great food yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I would do with one million. Yeah. I don't, it I sounds <laughs> kind of crazy, but it's like uh, if you're like really working on a startup for a long time, the money isn't really like a goal in the end. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You really want to build yeah. something more meaningful. If in the end I earn zero money with Cork, but I build something really meaningful, yeah. I think that's way more satisfying than selling it for a couple of million in in a yeah. year. Yeah, and then being and, done. Yeah, and then being done. And then yeah. what do you get out of that? Right. So, what advice would you give to someone finishing high school, thinking about starting a company one day, but being scared of taking that yeah. leap? Yeah, I think it's really important you have to be really sure that you want to do this because it's like i said i mean you have to uh, we worked as pizza delivery drivers at night until sometimes two in the morning to finance cork we worked at cork the whole time so you have to be really really confident that you want to do this and if you're not if you're like uh uncertain if you want to do this then you shouldn't do it because mm. i think uh it's a huge stress you have to go through um, you know, like fundraising, building your own app, getting screwed by developers. It's, it really takes a toll on you, you know. Yeah. Um, so you really have to be sure that you want to do this. Yeah. Um, so it, it isn't for everyone. But if you really have like the intuition, if you have always been entrepreneurial, you should really go for it. You have nothing to lose. I mean, if you're, you, you finished high school, mm-hmm. um, you can do the same like we did. You can work as a pizza delivery boy, uh, driver. <laughs> you, can, you can earn money like that. You can finance your startup. Doing, doing odd jobs, I mean, there's always a way if you have this entrepreneurial spirit. But if you're, if you're uncertain, I wouldn't do it. Or I would just wait it out until yeah. you're really certain about it. Okay, so either you're um, like super certain about that you want to go through, through some of the pain of yeah. being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, what about like having some kind of idea or... That, yeah, that's, uh, is that a requirement, would you say? Like, would you have... Would you have done this if you didn't have an idea in mind? Uh, no, probably not, of course, if you don't have an idea. I mean, just... I mean, if you have a team, I, like, probably yes, now course. you know that you would easily <laughs> yeah. come up with an idea. I mean, if you have idea. a team and, uh, you know, it's difficult for us. You, you also watch all the Y Combinator videos. <laughs> you also have to go from, like, a problem you had. And mm. with Cork, it was we couldn't earn yeah. money as students. Yeah. With Rocket Launch, it was we with Cork, build, we could yeah. build a yeah, yeah, product. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a problem you can solve... Mm-hmm. and really believe in that problem and the solution, then, I mean, perfect, you have something. And then the next step is you want, you want to validate it, right? You want yeah. to see that actually people would use it. Yeah. And once you've validated that, being super lean, of course, not building something crazy, mm-hmm. being lean, you've validated your idea, then you can say, okay, now I'm pretty certain that this will work. Yeah. And then you can uh, focus on that. But if you just have an idea and uh, I want to build something, but I'm not too sure, I want to do university, I want to go work for a bank, mm. it's difficult. Yeah. 
And I think it's also really difficult for people doing a university in Switzerland because they have like, great job opportunities, mm -hmm. right? They can go to Google, Microsoft, to banks, earn yeah. a lot of money. So it's really difficult for them to, to uh, go away from their normal path and, yeah. and build their own startup. And I think it's also fine. I mean, if you're such a person who wants to uh, go the normal way, right? Mm -hmm. Earn money with a company. I mean, that's great. If everyone would be a founder, nothing would work anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right? 90% of the startups fail in the yeah. end. Yeah, and, you, and startups wouldn't have anyone to hire. Yeah, exactly. Startups <laughs> wouldn't have anyone to hire. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all I had. The last thing is uh, if people want to find out more about Cork Rocket Launch yeah. for you, how, how can they do it? Uh, so for Cork, it's just cork.ch. And yeah. for Rocket Launch, launch it's rocketlaunch.ch. Okay. Or LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I learned a you. lot. And I'm, I'm actually super inspired. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was cool. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone interested in entrepreneurship, university student life, and the rising minds and technologies of the future, before they change the world. <laughs>